Are you ready? Say, I'm ready for the word. Thank you. I love always ready. Sermon today is called The Overcomers. Say, that would be me. All right, we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to talk about overcoming. Jesus is an overcomer. He overcame everything they threw at him right down to death, hell, and the grave, and he is the prototype of a new creation. God designed you to always overcome. Now, over, being an overcomer and overcoming are two different things. So I want to let you know that just because you are an overcomer doesn't mean you're overcoming, but I'm going to show you. We're going to get in the Word today and talk about what God said about the time we're in and overcoming. So go with me to Revelation chapter 12. And I'm going to start reading with verse 7. A war, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, and they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. Though that is in the book of Revelation, I believe that he's telling a story of what happened at the cross. Now, why do I say that? We're going to read in a minute that he said, now salvation has come. When did salvation come? When Jesus rose from the dead, right? When you're reading the book of Job, you'll read in there how Satan would come before God and bring accusation against people. He did it with Job. And we sort of think that he's still doing it now. He is not. God has not seen the devil nor talked to the devil since the resurrection of Jesus when Jesus defeated him and stripped him of all authority and he was no longer allowed to enter back into heaven. Now, the problem with that is that though he's not there, he is here. Okay, I'm going to read this. Pay attention. But today you will get very, very free. You're going to leave here very, very different than you walked in today. All right, because we are overcomers. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There is a literal kingdom coming at the millennial reign, and it will be soon. Soon, very soon. Now, let me stop here and do a little side journey for a minute. When you see the giraffes getting in the ark, this shall be a sign. The Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. In the, now they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. And what that means, they weren't paying attention. I want you to pay attention. Watch Israel. Now, as of... Um, so some people say September 25th or October, October the 5th. The rapture could take place any day. There is nothing else keeping it from happening. Now, I read in my Bible that Noah was how many days in the ark before the rain came? Seven. Could it be that during the last seven years, we're gone? 
Could be. Could it be this afternoon? Could be. Could be. Woo! I know y'all want to stay, but remember Lot's wife. Okay, I'm going to come over here and say that. I know y'all are wanting to stay. I know you got a new house and a new pickup truck, but remember Lot's wife. You do not want to be here. Because if you think they're crazy now, they're getting crazier by the moment. And once we're gone, they can have it. And they're going to nuke each other to pieces, and we are going to let them. Thank you for y'all's goodness. Okay. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So the kingdom entered when Jesus rose from the dead in us, but not in the earth. Now, there's a kingdom in the earth, and they're, and they're not the same thing, but the kingdom that he's referring to here is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that's what he's talking about. Okay. For the, 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 the for, okay. I just washed my tongue this morning. I can't do a thing with it. I heard a loud voice. <laughs> Salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast out. God don't want to hear his mouth anymore. The problem is he's here. They overcame him. Say, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. So we're going to talk about overcoming. Now, one of the things that we need to understand is the devil, the accuser of the brethren, is here. Now, everywhere we turn now, television, um, Putin, Ukraine, China, Washington, Everybody is crazy. There's a lot of accusations because the God of the world is down here working through people, and it seems like everyone is crazy. All right. So his way of, of, of controlling you is through guilt and shame. If, if you could get rid of guilt and shame, Satan's control over you would end. And you can because you're an overcomer. So that's what we're going to deal with. We're going to talk about the fact that Satan is here. And though he is here, you and I do not have to bow to his bondage or his control. Jesus defeated him. Jesus overcame everything he did. He's a prototype of the new creation. And he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And then he destroyed Satan. So you and I are not having to defeat Satan, but we are holding over him his defeat. All right, now, now let's, let's, let me give you a word here because, because I want, anyway, I just, we have, we have police officers that come to this church. I don't see the Winnie here right now, but Tanya Robinson's a police officer and we have Eli's a police officer. How would you like to live in Apopka or Central Florida with no police? I, I don't, even though I keep my eyes out for the bubble car too. <laughs> I would not want to live anywhere where they're not there because people have a tendency to break the law if no one's enforcing it. Now, when you see them pulling people over, that's the reason that people aren't playing bumper car with you. 
and I have been to I have been to uh, India. Has anybody here been to India? You ever been to India? Everybody lines up at the light. They just don't give a rip about the lines. And then they all take off, and you and and you're just constantly pleading the blood that you'll live. And they play chicken. They all play chicken. You know what I mean? They're headed down the road, and they go, whoa, last minute. And you're like, play, thank you, Jesus. Just get me back to America. And the second worst is Guatemala. Now, in, in Cuba, they don't have that problem because everybody rides a bike. Okay. Bumper bike. All right. But I'm glad that we have policemen, and I'm glad that police enforce the law. God put the church in the earth to enforce Satan's defeat. Now, that means that if you're not enforcing it, he's going to run wild. But we are, you know, we're going to close the service out. We're going to enforce his defeat. We're going to use the blood. We're going to use the name. And we're going to stop his activities toward you. Okay, now, understand something. There, the only way he's allowed in is through guilt and condemnation. So let, let me go over. Let's talk about guilt and condemnation for a second. Now, go, go to John 3.18 in your Bibles. John 3.18. We're just going to look at a few scriptures here. We need to go back and talk about the beginnings. When Jesus walked the earth, how many righteous people were there? Wasn't any. Okay. John 3, 18 says this. He who believes in him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already because they don't believe in him. All right. We live in a fallen world. We don't need to pretend. One of the problems that Christians have is that we think that when Jesus found us, we were a little good. Well, I wasn't really all that bad. Yeah, you were. How many of us were bad? All. All. All sinned. Mary, the mother of God, would have gone to hell. So there wasn't anybody any good. There wasn't anybody any good. So because of the law, the law condemned us. All right. It, it caused us to live in shame. Today, there's two kinds of people on the earth. There are, there are blood righteous and there are self-righteous. And there aren't any other kinds of people. Now, God gave us law not to keep it to be good, but to show you, you. Amen. When someone is opening a Bible and showing you, you, you have one of two responses. Not me. I'm good. I'll make it. Or you can take a knee. God, I need a Savior. 
So I don't want you to think, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 2. I don't want any of us to think, and when I'm saying that, this is this. Without the blood of Jesus, without the blood of Jesus, you're lost. God did not save you because you were hot or smart or a little bit good. There was nothing in us that was any good. So let's quit pretending there is now. This will help you and I in life because we're going to talk in a minute about fighting. Do you know who your biggest enemy is? Yourself. How many of you believe that I have at least a, a, a little bit of a strong personality? It was supposed to be funny. I was trying to be serious. Steve Arino is back there raving both hands. Who do you think picks on me the most? Me. And I'm probably not the only one in the room that does it. We all do it. You're not going to add to the cross. You can lay off yourself and everyone else around you. Amen. Amen. All right, look at this in Ephesians. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, and having no hope, no, not a drop, until when? Until you met Jesus. Oh, no, we're doing good, aren't we? How is it that we think we've improved? I know you tithe, but has that helped the cross? No. Has it helped the blood? So if that's true, and it is, why did God save you? Because he's good. We're going to change our focus from you being good or bad or ugly, which would make you a cowboy, to he is good. We overcome the devil by what? The blood. The blood. The only thing, Satan has, when he comes at me, I have one answer. The blood. The blood. Hey, devil, the blood. We're going to do some blood slinging today. You're going to leave here with blood everywhere. I want you to go home and say, what kind of service you have today? Oh, it was bloody. Exodus 2, turn to your neighbor and say, um, I, I think this is really going to be good today. I really, I really think that I'm, I'm glad we came to church today. Exodus 2. So why has God blessed you anyway? I, 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 listen, listen, listen. I, I, I know that we're Americans. 
But we're not smarter than the Japanese. They had a jet before we did. The Germans had a jet before we did. I know that this is going to make you mad, but there are people on the planet smarter than Americans. But there's nobody on the earth has a bigger God than America has. And Israel would have it if they'd bow the knee. You see, our battles, and I love Veterans Day, and I love all of Memorial Day, and we need to honor those men. But, but maybe we need to honor the women that were praying for those men overseas that got their husbands home and got the war ended with America winning. Maybe it was God. Thank you. Okay. Exodus 2, 12. No, 23, 23. It happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel groaned because of their bondage. And they cried out and they came, to, and they came, up, to, they came up to God because of their bondage. Now stop for a minute before we move on. And I'm going to make a statement. You're going to read this in a second. God has never moved in the earth because man had a problem. I don't know why the Lord allows all them people in Africa to die. <laughs> because God's not honoring anyone not in covenant. God has never moved one time on this earth aside blood. You're in covenant or you're not in covenant. You're out of covenant, you're damned. You're in covenant, you're blessed. God, the, the Bible's not Old Testament, New Testament. Old blood covenant, new blood covenant. And we are in a blood covenant. Marriage is a blood covenant. That's the reason why you have a right to ask your husband, where have you been? Now, if you're not married to him, you don't have the right to ask him where he's been. If you want a time around your finger, you're going to have to marry him. Thank you. And all the men said, oh, pastor, don't go there. All right. Verse 24, and God heard the groanings, and God remembered, help me, his covenant. These people are crying out to God. And they are in bondage to an enemy that they cannot get out of. They cannot get out of it. They cannot get out. They can't deliver themselves. They have no army. They have no ability. They have nothing. But they cried out to God. God heard them. And when he heard them, he had a memory. I remember cutting a blood covenant with a man named Abraham who is the father of their faith. I'm going to go down to Egypt and I'm going to get a worthless, stubborn, rebellious people out of bondage. Yeah. Now don't, don't look at me like they were that great. He even said, you are not that hot. You and I were not that hot. If God was moving on you because you were hot, we're in trouble. 
He didn't save you because you were good. He's not keeping you because you're good. You don't have a future because you're doing good. You have a path because of the blood of Jesus. You are born again. Because of the blood of Jesus, you're full of the Holy Ghost. Because of the blood of Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will answer your prayer and deliver you from anything you get yourself into. Because every time you pray, he remembers the blood of Jesus on the altars of God. Now let's go back to the formula. Aren't you glad he didn't make it 10 points to victory? Don't you hate when some preacher gets up and goes, 10 points to victory. I'm thinking, no. Good God, make it one point or two. I mean, don't complicate it here. Now, I'm, I'm a simple man. I mean, I'm not all that deep. I'm like David. I, just give me a rock. And, and the extra rocks were for his, for his brothers. But, you know, they gave Saul all this gear. And he goes, I don't know nothing about all that junk. You know, I have books in there, How to Grow a Church. When I get through, I go, oh, crap. <laughs> God, give me, just, just, give me a, just give me one scripture. You ever notice that with God, he don't make it difficult. We make it 10 points to victory. God's going, I'm going to give you two, and they're going to be easy. <laughs> My blood and your mouth, we're going to have victory. My blood and your mouth. We're going to have some victory in this place today. <laughs> Woo! Okay. I'm getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. I just get drunk. Someone said, we don't know what you're going to say. I don't either. You say, you scare me. I scare me. Deuteronomy 7. Go to Deuteronomy 7. Oh, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. I'm going to show you how simple, and, and, I, and I'm just going to say it this way. We have tendencies to get ourselves in messes. And God's given us a way out of them. Satan can work for months and months and months to mess up your life. And God can get you out of it in one second. <laughs> it's not the 10 points to victory. It's just, I plead the blood. I got to find the book of Deuteronomy. Is that Old Testament or new? Okay, Deuteronomy 7. I, I get drunk in the spirit and I can't even find stuff in my Bible. And I'm blaming it for being drunk in the spirit. Actually, it's just that I never was a Baptist and I never learned the books of my Bible. So that's the real truth. Deuteronomy 7, 6. Look at this. I think that. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord has, has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people of the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people. You really were the least of everybody else. 
But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath that he swore to your fathers, the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Why did he deliver them? Because he's good. Now think about this for a minute. He delivered them, not only delivered them from Egypt, but he took them through the Red Sea and destroyed their enemies. Could they have done that? No. no, they could not have. Then he took them in a desert where there was no water, and he got them water. Where there was no food, and he got them food. Where there was no shelter at night, they would freeze to death, and he gave them warmth. And there was no covering in the day, and he covered them to keep them. And the animals and the scorpions and the snakes would have killed them shortly after, but the glory of God came down in the camp and kept them safe. Amen. All of that because of a blood covenant with Abraham. Now, if God could do that under the old covenant, under the blood of a goat, under the blood of a sheep, how much more with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ will God keep a covenant with you and deliver you from all of your enemies and cause you to be blessed coming in and blessed It don't matter. It don't matter. God is blessing you because God is good. Now, where we're going with this is this. Every time you have a problem, Satan brings up your failures. You know what it does? It stops your faith. It was never about you. You were a hellion. And still not that smart. Well, I'm going to fix this. Forget it. Take a knee. I'm doing good. You don't have, I love the R.W. Shambaugh, when Jesus walked through the wall. You don't have any problems. I'm going to tell you the story right now. I just feel led. There was this man who was a multi, multi millionaire. Oh, don't you wish he was a millionaire? It's really good until you get medical bills so high that the million dollars eats it all up. Now you're broke. So after a while, all of his money was gone. All of his insurance was gone. And then his wife left him. He had nothing. He's laying in the bed. And the priest came in and read him his last rites and pulled the sheet over his head. And so he thought, oh, crap, I'm gone. He said another priest walked through the wall. He said he had a white robe on like the other priest, pulled the thing down over my head and said, you don't have any problems. He said, who is this idiot? I don't have any problems. I'm laying here with last rites, sick, about to die, no money, no family, no life, and you come walking through a wall and tell me I don't have any problems. He said, all you need is faith in God. That man turned his face away from his problems and turned them to the nurse that walked through the wall and he prayed unto a God that could save, heal, and deliver and he came up off that bed, healed, got all of his money back, got everything back, but he wouldn't take his wife back because I ain't taking that woman who left me just because I didn't have no money. And R.W. Schambach from then on told that story everywhere he went, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Amen. I did that pretty good. 
You know, and I'm going to say this. I don't want you, if you're black, don't, don't get me. I, I thought R.W. was black. All my life I heard, I, I tell people, I'm, I'm going to go back. I got this black preacher. That he just, Somebody shout glory. And I met him one day, and he's a big white German. I went. That's all right. I thought Fred Price was white. So, you know, something happened there. But I love good old preaching. R.W. could preach the wallpaper off a wall, boy. But he's right. All you need is faith in God, not faith in you. So God says, I remembered my covenant. Let me read another one here. Are y'all ready? I'm not done yet. I ain't got you free as I want to get you so far. Verse 9. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations to those that love him and keep his commandments. He is a covenant-keeping God. The only thing he remembers, Deuteronomy 8, 17, on the next page, and do not say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand gained me this wealth. For you will remember the Lord your God. It is he that gave you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. America is a great nation, but it's not because we're greater than everybody else. It's because one man, name the name of the guys, you, you historians, uh, the guy that came over here and said, I came to America to find its greatness. It was from France. And he said, I looked in Washington and I didn't find it. You won't now. I looked in the education halls and I didn't find it. And then I walked into a church and I found the greatness of this nation. And as long as we are moral, we cannot be defeated. As long as you're moral. I understand there's a lot of people around you that are not. Just don't follow the crowd. Okay. Let's look at one more. 9-6. Therefore understand the Lord your God is not giving you this land to possess it because of your righteousness. For you are a stiff-necked people. He's never done anything because you're good. And he's not going to start now. Thank you. Now, go to Exodus 12. Back to Exodus 12. Now, why why would I say that? I'm not saying that to, to, to condemn you. I'm saying that because when you're depressed, you're looking at the wrong person. What am I going to do? The same thing you did last time, nothing. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Every once in a while. Now, see, we need, I wish today we're having communion. Because sometimes you need to sit down and get yourself a grass, a grape juice, and a cracker and say, This is my answer because of the blood. Communion was for us to remember what he did, not what you did. If he redeemed you when you were dead in sin, how much more now that you're born again? How much more? 
Say, I, the, I plead the blood. Satan fears that statement as much as the event. If he can get you to pick on you, he'll whip you. But if he can get you to have to go back and look at Jesus again, he'll leave you alone. No, 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 no. I plead the blood. Yeah, but what about that? that, that, that? I plead the blood. Yeah, but you didn't do this right and you didn't do that right. (laughs) I plead the blood. I plead the blood. What makes you think God's going to answer your prayer? I plead the blood. That's right. You see, in the Old Testament, they applied the blood with hyssop. You apply it with your mouth. It's not just because the blood's there. You got to apply it. Uh, I'm not, I, I, we're going someplace in a minute. Just hold on. We still got the Mac Daddy. We haven't even got to the good stuff yet. Yeah, it's good. We're just leading up. Exodus 12, Exodus 12, 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt and said, This month shall be the beginning of months. It will be the first of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel and say, On the tenth of this month, every man take a lamb. Go get yourself a lamb. God is about to take them out of bondage. And he is about to do something because hell is going to hit Egypt. I'm fixing to hit this nation. And I'm going to judge it. He said, but you, you kill a lamb and you take the blood and you put it on the post of the house. And when the death angel comes and he finds the blood, he does not care who is in the house. He doesn't care if Rose is in the house. He don't care if Barbara's in the house. He don't even care if you're in the house. He don't care if Josh Brown's in the house. He don't care whether you're good, you're bad, or you're ugly. If you just had enough sense to find a house with some blood on the door, the death angel must pass. See, God honors the blood. The devil honors the blood. The curse honors the blood. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. God, no matter what you're going through right now, if you'll take the blood and put it on the door, everything that's going wrong will start going right. He is a covenant-keeping God. Man, I'm glad we got blood. And it wasn't just for the day he got saved. Anybody done anything stupid since you've been saved? Oh, help me, Jesus. Lisa and I have a, have a non-alcoholic wine bottle in the refrigerator. And it has a sign on it for stupid. (laughs) Don't think I hadn't gone in there before and poured myself a cup. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I have made another mess. And I don't know what to do. I have no power. I have no ability. I plead the blood. The God of the universe, if he were to deny you that prayer, 
is to deny the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting the prayer answer because of you. You're getting the prayer answer because of him. Any Baptist in here ought to see some Baptist shout today. Come on, Wilson, shout a little bit, buddy. <laughs> verse 13, verse 12. I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt at the night, and I'm going to strike every firstborn in the land of Egypt, man and beast. You know, if, if you think, I mean, God is a God of love, but he, 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 there comes a point here in the last days, he, he's just going to finally have about all of this that he wants to put up with. But there are people in the earth. That's why he's going to have to get us out of here to, 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 to do it because, because he, he can't deny the covenant. He's going, uh, Putin, I'd slap you if it wasn't for the Christians in your army. America, I'd slap the fire out of you if it wasn't for Word of Life Church. So one day he's going to get us out and he's going to go, everybody here? We're all here. Good. Because I'm, I'm fixing to tear it up down there. Don't think that he don't have a judgment side. He still has a judgment side. You know what's stopping him? The blood of Jesus. Now, honestly, between me and you, 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 not a, your biggest enemy is you. Your second biggest enemy is your friends. Let, let's talk about us a minute. Do you know how we make ourselves feel good? We pick on each other. Why, well, if you did this right and did that right, and so if we, I figured if I could blow can, her candle out, it would make me mad. Yes, that's true. That's very so anytime that we have guilt and shame, we decide the way to deal with that is by putting everyone else down. Well, just who do you think you are? I'm better than you are. Really? When are we going to suck it up and realize that all of us were on our way to hell without Jesus? And since you, you aren't all that hot and everybody around us ain't all that hot, why don't we just start being a little nicer? You say, well, have you heard? Yeah, it didn't matter anyway. I ain't any better. You know what people have a hard problem with? You remember in the Bible it says God came to Saul and said, Saul, what are you doing? He went, ain't my fault. Them people you gave me, it's not my fault. And then he comes over and says, David, what you been doing? He goes, it's me. You know, a little humility might go a long ways. Who messed this up? I did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to brag on someone. Last night, Steve and Che and Cody and J.C., they all went out to eat, and Steve called and asked us we'd like to come. And I, had a, I sat down with Steve and was talking to him. And he made a powerful statement, and, I, and I'll never forget it. Steve, is this okay? I'm going to tell on you a little bit. He said, I was always mad at my family until I found out it was me. You want to fix your mess? 
Don't you fix the only person you can fix. If you're mad at everybody, you're as bad as they are. All you've done is condemn yourself. Yeah. Why, you told a lie. You ever lied? <laughs> you stole from me. You ever stole anything? Say everybody. everybody. <laughs> I plead the blood. How you doing, Pastor? I plead the blood. I heard you're a little bit crazy. I plead the blood. It's easy to preach to humble people. What'd y'all get quiet for? <laughs> Steve, I'm proud of you. Thanks for telling me that. It is true. And by the time you're mad at everybody, you might want to stop and go, hello? All these nuts that I produced came from big nuts. I mean, if they're all nuts, I mean, it's a nut tree. Never mind. Years ago, Cindy Duval gave Lisa a book, and I stole it. I have since bought her another one in case you want to know. But there is a page in this book that when I read it, it set me free because I have found out that Daryl Morgan's biggest critic is Daryl Marvin. Now, if you think I'm hard, I am. But I'm harder on me than I am anyone else. And I think everything should be done right. But how many of you know what I do to me when I don't do it right? How many of you do the same thing? How many of you would say honest to God when I mess up? I, I get... I. You get very critical and hard on you. And, and the problem is, is that you did do what you did. Pray that your relatives don't find out about it because they'll, re they'll remind you of it for the rest of your life. You ever think about this person in the Bible? Didn't Peter deny Jesus? Didn't he create a problem with Paul and start uh, preaching heresy that Paul had to correct him. How come God left his book in the Bible? You know what? God didn't kick him out nope. because he messed up. He just corrected him and got him back. God ain't kicking you out. Amen. Amen. Because you didn't do it right. If he'll use Peter, he'll use you. I'm going to read this to you. The believer has now accepted the place of exaltation in the Lord. That means that we're seated at the right hand of God. There is open for him a life of holiness in the presence of God and a watchfulness in the presence of an enemy in a deeper sense than he has ever known before. The first lesson, you will be personal. You must learn the term Satan adversary. You must come to understand why one of his titles is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12.10, just as Joshua and Zechariah, when he came to stand before the angel of Jehovah, found Satan standing at the right hand to be his adversary. 
so will the spiritually energetic child of God. Let me ask you a question. Do you love God? All of you do. You know one of the reasons your faith doesn't work? You haven't forgiven yourself. You're too hard on yourself. He will encounter a constant stream of accusations in his own heart. If he's accused, listen, if he's, he is accusing you to other people. When they don't invite you to dinner, that's why, because they don't like you. But you don't want to eat dinner with them anyway. <laughs> Do you understand that when you pastor a church, you've always got groups of people? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. And you can tell if this is a bad one, their friends are all bad. So that's, that's good. They all little nuts are in one bowl. Just stay out of that bowl and you'll be fine. And it isn't amazing how we do this very thing because we don't know how to handle it in our own soul. We think if we can find fault with you, you won't pay attention to mine. We need to be able to see each other's and go, I plead the blood. God started a good work in him. He will finish it. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching way better than you. Amen. And have you heard about Rosie? What about her? I heard that she's growing in God. I heard she's doing better than she used to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. She's hanging in there, baby. She's been through hell and high water, but she's hanging in there, baby. That's what I heard. <laughs> this will trouble him until he discovers that the purpose of the enemy is to turn you in upon yourself. When you don't like you, you're in trouble. Don't ask your relatives to plead your case. They don't like you either. You just... Through the creating of a consciousness of personal unworthiness, draw you down from the place of perfect faith. If God loves you, you're loved. If God paid for you with blood, you are of value. Yeah. I know this is good. I'll tell you, I'm telling you, I'm going to get ready to turn the page. It's fixing to get better. He learns to overcome him by the blood of the lamb. That is to say, he presents the blood as the only answer to all accusations. How are you doing today? I plead the blood. <laughs> Thank you for the blood of Jesus. You cannot live in condemnation. You can't live under guilt and shame. You can't earn your way out of it. 
And you can't wait until everyone likes you. You got to go to God and go, put me back in perfect righteousness with you and let me fight from victory. You say, well, how many times a day? Well, the last I heard, 490. If you get to 490, go back to bed. You need another day. I want you to understand something. There aren't any perfect people in here. There aren't any. Blowing someone else's candle out is not fixing yours. Why don't you just go and get your, uh, get your sins washed in the blood, and then you won't be so hard to get along with. If he had mercy on me, that's what makes you merciful. You loved me. When, when I got born again, the Lord told me the story, and I put it in my book on the, the, the pearl of great price. And, and, and I, he said to me, have you ever heard the story of the pearl of great price? And I said, isn't that where I gave up everything to be saved? And he laughed at me. He said, what did you have when I found you? You were sick, broke, and disgusted. You had nothing. I went, oh, yeah, that's right. The pearl of great price is when God gave it all up for you. It's not what you did for him. You haven't never done anything to amount to anything. Let me ask you a question. How many of you got children that are less than perfect? How many of you love them anyway? Are you better than God? If you think that your stupid stuff is bothering him, you're wrong. I'm trying to tell y'all he likes me. And you. If God is for us. Let me finish reading this. But he speedily learns the use of a divine provision. The blood represents not only the cleansing from guilt and the power of sin, it is also the witness of an overwhelming victory gained at Calvary by virtue of which the Lord is now seated on high. Once this is grasped, the believer sees that he does not have to fight against the foe. Only hold over him an already accomplished triumph. Say, he has made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Say, I plead the blood. Now, if God is a covenant-keeping God, do you understand right now that all of the harassments that are coming against you are spiritual in nature. Stop fighting them in the natural. I want you to do something right now. I want you to enforce Satan's defeat over you. If God has redeemed you back to by the blood, the Bible says resist the devil. God cannot do anything about your enemy. You must Speak to him. So we overcome him by the blood and, and, and the word of my testimony. 
God watches over his word. They cried, he remembered the covenant. I want you to call out to God right now, and I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I'm coming to you right now in the name of Jesus, and I'm asking you, I'm pleading the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over me, over my home, over my family, over my mind, over my business, over everything that I have. It is mine. I am blessed. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer, and I overcome. Come now, not by what I do, not by what I do, but by the blood, by the blood. Now say, hey, devil, I plead the blood. You have no authority over me, my body, my mind, my home, my life. In Jesus' name. Smith Wigglesworth said in his book, I take communion every day. He raised 38 people from the dead. How in the world do you get the kind of faith? Because he wasn't relying on himself. He was relying on his righteousness to go to the throne room of God by blood. If Jesus can go in, I can go in. Now God still honors covenant. That means you don't have anything to worry about. You can, have a, you can have a day from hell and you just go, I plead the blood. Remember David fighting Goliath? What did he call Goliath? You uncircumcised Philistine. You have no covenant with God. I might only be a boy with a rock, but I have a covenant with God and I'm going to kill you. Amen. And he did. And he did. And Jesus in the Last Supper took communion and said, this is the Last Supper I'll have with you. And he, and, he, and he had communion with them and got them all under the blood. He said, but there's coming a day very soon I'm going to take my blood to the Holy Holies. And when he rose from the dead, he told Mary, don't touch me. I haven't gone to God yet. I haven't, I haven't finished my assignment. And when he came back, she grabbed him Rabona, he said, you go find my disciples. And he breathed on them and filled them full of life. His, his righteousness is now yours. Everything he did has been put to your credit. Just like you did it. This is going to do one of two things. First of all, it's going to get you to start being a lot nicer to yourself. And then it's going to help us to be a lot nicer to, to people. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Anybody glad you came to church? I have one more thing to say. Do not believe for a moment you'll remember this sermon next week. You won't. You won't. If you're like me, you forget good stuff quick. Get you a book on the Bud Covenant and, and go over it more than once. Every once in a while, go back to Revelation and go, okay, I know how to do this. And you're going to need it. You live in a fallen world. But you are an overcomer. Yes. 
Father God, thank you for this morning. I, as I turn this over to Lisa, I pray and right now the sound of my voice. Every person in here that's not saved would be. Every person not filled with the Holy Ghost would be. Every person who's been going through a battle, it ends today. And I pray peace over the mind of every person in this room. I, I pray right now favor from God over every person in the sound of my voice. And I pray that we would quit trying to make it on our own. Quit trying to do something we were never designed to do. All we need is the blood of Jesus. And you said you watch over your word. And you go to fight in our battles. And I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person in it. I thank you for the healings of their bodies. If they lost anything in the storm, it'll all be restored to them. I plead the blood over their houses. I plead the blood over their children. Pray the blood. Plead the blood over your grandchildren and children right here. Plead the blood over them. Tell the devil, you get off my family. You get off my family. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.